Hi, this is Rafiv Ziada, and you're listening to 3CR Pro-Palestinian Happily Proud Radio. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Nikki Stott. I'd like to acknowledge country all around these stolen lands and the elders, past, present and emerging, who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination. Black and Indigenous women and women of colour are necessarily at the front of climate activism, as it's their communities that are the most adversely affected by climate change. This week on Earth Matters, we'll hear from Indigenous rights activist Dayara Takano of the Takano people from the northwestern Amazon, and Asante Dakota and Ho-Chunk Nation's Tarzan's resistor and youth organiser Rose Whipple, as well as Ugandan climate change activist Vanessa Nakati. But first we'll hear from women's protest groups from the Global South at the Ceremony for Grief Rally and March in London in October last year on Indigenous Day of Resistance. We're here to mark the Indigenous Day of Resistance. Indigenous people and people of the Global South have been grieving, but we've also been resisting for over 500 years. We are here as Indigenous people. We are here as the descendants of slaves. We are here as subsistent farmers, small farmers, urban and rural. We are here as asylum seekers and immigrants who bring the movement to this country and to Western countries and strengthen the movement everywhere. We are here as domestic workers driven off the land. We are here as the mothers of the disappeared searching for their children worldwide. We are here, some of us are sex workers. Some of us are people with disabilities. We come from all backgrounds and we are the movement. We thank the young people and the school children who sparked this movement. Extinction Rebellion is spreading it. And we are calling on Extinction Rebellion to take a lead from the Global South and the work that women are doing. Women are at the forefront everywhere. I will just quickly mention some of the places there's not time for all. But for example, in Kenya in the 70s, women and children pulled up the coffee plants and they planted food for their communities and they got the paid workers to join them and they got the pay through their work they confronted low pay and it turned out the women and children were working for corporations for no money at all in india the women hugged the trees in the 70s and they saved thousands of acres and they spread the movement 
through rural networks walking and, and calling out to communities and they save the trees in that way and we can learn from that. In Haiti, people are fighting occupation and land grabs. At this moment, thousands of people are on the streets. They want to bring down a corrupt U.S.-backed government and that government has stolen money from the people and left them in destitution. And we need to be supporting Haiti because that's a climate justice movement too. We're with the people in Palestine who are fighting war and pollution and ethnic cleansing. We're with our sisters in Peru who are fighting horrendous climate pollution and they're confronting their government in all kinds of ways. In Ecuador, the same, in many other countries. So this is our movement. All of us are in it. We can't win without the Global South, and the Global South can't win without us. So let's do it. This is a great gathering. This is a beginning, but we're going to get bigger and stronger. Thank you. sister from women of color we are both from the global women's strike we have been demanding that women have a living wage for the work that we do all around the world the world including where it's most difficult where it's under attack and the first point i want to make is that we are all in the movement that uh, Sarah has described and it's not possible anymore for those of us in Europe to think that the others, the South, are not part of our movement and we are not part of theirs. We are all in the same movement to change the world from the bottom up. a problem with our movement. One problem. It's the billionaires. They are in charge of all the substances that pollute our planet and pollute us with exploitation and with digging in the earth for things that should remain in the earth. They made their billions by exploiting us and by exploiting the planet and polluting it. That money, that wealth that they have accumulated is ours for all of us in the world. But there is a bottleneck. We are organizing in a lot of places and increasingly in our numbers, in our races, in our nationalities, in our immigration status, in our age, everywhere we are organizing but we, and we are demanding change but we have no agent of change that is demanding that these other cough up with our resources. And that's what we have to address now. We have to make it clear 
that those of us who want change and demand change get the change and get the change that we want. We can't avoid anymore, you know, making our demands, having our demonstrations, working hard as so many young women especially have been working hard to make this demonstration and then let them off the hook. No way! We have to confront them directly where it is needed in an organized and massive way. Now, one thing that that young woman, Greta Thunberg, has said is that we need equity. There is no way we can win this without equity. That is, all of us are entitled to what we need, and we must fight with, together with others to get all that we need and to end the way the pollution has infected our relationships. We want them changed. We want an end to discrimination. We want an end to racism. We want an end to national a sovereignty of some over others. I think always of Palestine. Because I'm a Jewish woman, that's my job. And in order to get that kind of situation, we have to look again at the divisions among us so that we break them down and work for equity. I want to speak finally about the equity between women and men. It's needed. Everywhere. And it's needed because we women are the carers everywhere in the world, the protectors of the societies, the fighters for justice, leading movements from behind. Often the men are in front. Good, we like them there sometimes. But our organizing is what makes movements go, what makes them win. And we have been doing this work largely single-handed, the caring work, the protecting work, largely single-handed and without money. How dare they not protect the mothers who make all the people in the world? Dayara Takano is an Indigenous activist of the Takano people from the northwestern Amazon in Brazil and Colombia, speaking from Europe last year for Extinction Rebellion at the UN Climate Summit in Madrid. She highlights the impacts of climate fires and deforestation in the Amazon. This fire is has no precedent. Uh, each year, the fire, the fire is growing, and in this dry season, actually now we are in. 
in the in the dry season the the fire began in the border of agribusiness is the big land owners that have started uh, the fire to prepare for for planting and it has go out of control uh, so for indigenous nations it is the product of uh, several attacks on our on, on our rights uh, beginning uh, with the flexibilization of nature rights and uh, and the uh, entity of uh, completely rape uh, all the indigenous rights the non-recognition of indigenous territories uh, and uh, on the willing of the government to exploit what is under uh, the earth so it's a combination of the agribusiness effect and the wealth of the exploitation for mineration in indigenous territories. Uh, so the actual Ministry of Environment is uh, uh, flexibilizing and reaping all the surveillance on the rainforest and uh, getting to big landowners and big producers to, to go into, into indigenous territories. Actually, we in the last 20 years, we reached like 20% of deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. It is its uh, limit uh, since from now it will dry by itself. So uh, uh, deforestation uh, went to a point where this kind of thing is actually happening and it's going to happen every year more and more. Uh, it's out of control. Brazil has no infrastructure. There are not enough planes or helicopters or firemen to fight this kind of event. Uh, so we are praying for the rain. And of course, it is not enough. All the damage is there. We'll have this damage for uh, several generations from now. And uh, we really don't know what is going to happen because uh, the, 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 the solution is not just the money. We have to uh, reforest, we have to grow new trees and to reestablish the ecosystems. That was Dayara Tucano of the Tucano people from the northwestern Amazon. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Vanessa Nakati is a youth climate striker who started her own protest movement in Uganda last year. She was one of a handful of youth climate activists from around the world to speak at the UN Climate Summit in Madrid last year, and she joined them again last month to protest at the World Economic Forum in Davos where she participated in a news conference about climate change with four young white activists, only to later discover that American news agency Associated Press had cropped her out of a photo when they released it online. She immediately shared this emotional message on Twitter. And they have the guts to, to change the photo without even giving an explanation or giving an apology. Does that mean that I have no value as an African activist or the people from Africa don't have any value at all, but we don't deserve this. Africa is the least emitter of carbons, but we are the most affected by the climate crisis. 
but you erasing our voices won't change anything. You erasing our stories won't change anything. By the climate crisis in my country and in Africa and in various parts of the world, and I have seen people die and how people lose their families, people lose their children, people lose their homes and everything that they ever dreamed of and hoped for. And I just saw all these things, um, like, who is going to be able to speak for all these people? This is the first time in my life that I understood the definition of the word racism. After copying some hate on social media, Associated Press later apologised, but then also claimed that the photo had only been cropped due to composition. However, Vanessa called it out for the racism that it clearly was, along with the message, you didn't just erase a photo, you erased a continent. The AP racism points to a wider issue of erasure of pan-African voices, even as they're on the front line of climate action in the face of epic droughts and floods. As Vanessa Nuckety points out at the UN Climate Summit in Madrid last year. I wanted to do something that could cause change to the lives of the people in my community and my country. Therefore, I started carrying out research about the main problems that are faced by the people in my country, and I found a number of problems. But what struck me the most was the climate change being a problem because it is not really taught in schools, so we don't really know that it is a challenge to us. So I decided to read more about it and understand its causes and impacts uh, that are making it a threat to humanity and to the lives of the people in my community. So when I realized that it was such a big threat, I found out ways to bring it to public awareness in my country. And that's how I found out about the Fridays for Future Strikes. And I decided to start the climate strikes. My first strike I actually had four locations because I really wanted everyone to know about it. I think it was excitement. So I went to four, st- four stages. Um, one was in Chitintale, it was a stage. Then the other was in Bugolobi. Then I also had one at a mall, it's called Village Mall. It's a big mall in Uganda. Then I had another one in Nakawa and the government will not listen to anything that I have to say, but I just kept going. Specifically in Uganda, uh, we've seen the impact through torrential rainfall that has destroyed a number of things in my country. It has been raining since September up to now. Every day, it, does, it doesn't miss a chance. And each time it rains, these rains are so heavy in that they cause floods that kill people. Every time you watch news, you have to expect to see that someone died as a result of the floods. You'll have to see that people's homes have been destroyed as a result of floods. You'll have to see that farms have been destroyed as a result, as a result of uh, floods. And this is a crisis to the people in Uganda. There are areas that experience extreme drought, and this is affecting the crop production in those areas. In my country, most people depend on their farms and crops for survival, but with all these droughts and floods, people are left with no hope for the future. 
My country heavily depends on agriculture. Therefore, most of the people depend on agriculture. So if our farms are destroyed by floods, if the farms are destroyed by droughts and crop production is less, that, that means that the price of food is going to go high. So it will only be the, the most privileged who will be able to buy food. And they are the biggest uh, emitters in our countries. They're the ones who will be able to survive the crisis of food. Whereas most of the people who live in villages and rural communities, they have trouble getting food because of the high prices. And this leads to starvation and death. Literally, in my country, a lack of rain means starvation and death for the less privileged. Most of these things happen with the rural communities because uh, as they depend on farms, they really don't have any other hope. So if their only hope is destroyed, that means they are left in total poverty. And uh, it's the girl child who suffers the most because when the family has no hope for the future, that means they will have to give away their daughters for marriage at young ages, like 15 years old, 16 years old. It is really terrific to see parents give out their children. It is not because they want to. It is because it is the only way of survival. And of course, the children do not agree to this. They cry because of that. No no child, no 15-year-old wants to get married to one old man because it is these old men who get married to them. And this all points to the climate crisis. When they are only hope that is the farms and the crops that they have is destroyed they are only left with giving out their daughters for marriage to get something in exchange I will have to appreciate a few media that has been that has tried their best to try and cover the activism of people from the global south but then there is media especially the much bigger media they are so biased they they want more selling news instead of selling the stories that really matter to people they keep talking about climate change being a matter of the future but they forget that people of the global south it is a matter of now and they have to help us report these things because if they don't report these things our leaders won't understand the importance of these strikes that we are holding Rose Whipple is an Isanti Dakota and Ho-Chunk Nations tar sands resistor, who also represented as a youth organiser against fossil fuel extraction at the UN Climate Summit. I remember the sunshine on my skin as I stood at the headwaters of the Mississippi River, the drinking source for over 18 million humans. Here in Minnesota, I joined other indigenous youth to prepare for our month-long canoe journey through our stolen ancestral homelands. We paddled to raise awareness of the Line 3 tar sands oil pipeline that threatens to devastate our communities. We dipped our cupped hands in the river, sipping the clean water. This is the same sacred river where my Dakota ancestors have been harvesting our sacred manumen for thousands of years. This river is important and sacred, not only to my ancestors, but for my people still to this day. We happily canoed down the river for weeks, smiling and laughing, sharing our dreams for a fossil fuel world. Soon after, everything changed. Things were darker. The sky, the water, the air. Our group came underneath the shadow of a factory looming over our lands like a nightmare. Our sacred waters were sick, our hope melting into despair, and it was then that we took action. 
In a historic case against the pipeline, we came together as youth to intervene with five other tribes to fight for justice. Although we fought for our river, begged them to leave our waters and lands alone, to say no to the Line 3 pipeline, it wasn't enough. The pipeline was unanimously approved. We have been fighting these extractive projects through the U.S. court system, but this colonial institution continuously values corporate profit over indigenous lives. Today, this injustice and my hope are the fires that have brought me to this room. Hello, my relatives. My name is Rose Whipple and I'm 18 years old. I am attending these global negotiations with the first ever sustainous indigenous youth delegation from the United States. We're here to share these stories, to share our prayers, and bring a frontline fight to the halls of the United Nations. Our people come from many different lands, waters, and cultures. Yet each of us are here together, calling on the strength of our ancestors to remind us of our commitments to future generations. Our movements for the protection of our sacred sites and lands sound like protect Mauna Kea, no Shasta Dam raised in California, stand with Bears Ears in Utah, and demilitarize Guam. Our movements for our waters sound like stop Jordan Cove in Oregon, save Bristol Bay in Alaska, no Keystone XL pipeline, and no DAPL expansion across the Great Plains, and especially no Line 3 pipeline in Minnesota. The climate crisis is more than a discussion about a 1.5 degrees Celsius. It also looks like stolen and caged children at the U.S.-Mexico border. It looks like missing and murdered indigenous women. People are dying. Indigenous land defenders are being murdered. The climate crisis is a spiritual crisis for our entire world. Our solutions must weave science with spirituality and traditional ecological knowledge with technology. Our movements must be bigger than recycling and braver than holding signs. It is up to each and every one of us to build movements that center the rights of indigenous peoples, healing and justice for the next seven generations. It is time for us all to reconnect with Mother Earth. It is time to remember how to listen to her, to guide our climate solutions. Destroy white supremacy. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week we heard from Indigenous rights activist Diara Takano of the Takano people from northwestern Amazon, and Asante Dakota and Ho-Chunk Nation's Tarzan's resistor and youth organiser Rose Whipple, as well as Ugandan climate change activist Vanessa Nakati and women's protest groups from the Global South at the Ceremony for Grief rally in March in October last year on Indigenous Day of Resistance in London. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in bringing you this program today and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne and we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now, but tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your dial. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.